Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is the Slow Poisoner. I come to you from the future with these words of warning. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 80. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Attention comic book fans, Lee's Comics of Mountain View, California has closed. But here's the good news. Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale for half off. Choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar, scroll down to Sellers, and enter Lee's Comics, Inc., period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. INC period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast and get a free bonus gift. Long title, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Song One by One by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. I wish to say here that episode number 72 was to be the final episode of the second season, and then I was going to go into reruns until September. This pandemic changed things, and I decided to do an extra eight episodes before I took a well-needed break. I will be back to continue with this third season with new episodes in the fall. But you never know, I might do an episode or two during the summer. In the meantime, I hope you get a chance to listen and re-listen to all 80 episodes, even the episodes that may not have attracted your attention in the first place. I am hoping that there is something of value in every show. Our guest today is an artist who has worked for SICK, Cracked, National Lampoon, Don Russ, The Muppets, and Tim Allen. Here he is, B.K. Taylor. All right, on the phone today, I have B.K. Taylor. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well, uh, considering we're still kind of in this pandemic phase and everything like that. But, uh, <laughs> we're uh, acting strangely. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I've always admired your work, and you've done a zillion things. I mean, uh, you know, I hope we can touch on everyone. Of course, I picked up your uh, artwork originally from, like, 
uh, Bananas Magazine, things like that, which we'll talk about. But uh, uh-huh. tell me a little bit about yourself and how you became a cartoonist. Well, uh, my dad was a uh, commercial artist, and, um, you know, I would go into his studio, and it was kind of a cozy thing when I was a kid to, you know, lay on the floor or whatever and draw while he was doing an illustration, and he would point out, um, you know, um, this is wrong, or look at composition and so forth. So it was, it was an environment that just, you know, uh, set me in the, the right direction. Uh, direction more or less but my dad really didn't want me to be a cartoonist um he said oh no there's no money in that really (laughs) and uh, so i tried not to be that way but i would go to school and i remember a teacher catching me i was doing still lives and you know with fruit and so forth and uh um i would put little fruit flies over the and, and the teacher of course commented and uh, my dad finally gave up and said okay you want to go for it mm-hmm. go ahead and so luckily things one thing led to another I was a big um, fan of uh, Harvey Kurtzman and his um, you know stable Jack Davis and mm-hmm. uh, Will Elder and Wally Wood they were they were amazing to me and uh, I, I love comedy I, it's like an addiction mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so um, basically when I first um, started uh, my first year in uh, college CCS I went to the college for creative study mm-hmm. and um, it was really fortunate that I had uh, a teacher who he was in uh, who was in advertising and he loved comic art and he really kind of uh, allowed me to uh, explore it whereas I think other teachers would uh, would have probably stifled it a bit <laughs> um, because it, 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 the 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 cool students were doing, you know, fine art, mm-hmm. and to do commercial art or whatever, um, that was kind of looked down at. But Harry Borgman was the teacher who, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he just passed away actually mm. about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, he became a lifelong friend. Um, and and uh, really mentored me me through my my freshman year uh, was when I sent um, uh, cover idea to uh, Sick Magazine. Mm-hmm. Joe Simon uh, Simon and Kirby uh, was the editor, and um, he got back to me immediately and said, "Yes, okay, do it." <laughs> and what would take me an afternoon today 
I, I labored over for like three, four weeks wow. for this cover, uh, going literally mill of, you know, just not even uh, an inch a day, um, just trying to explore, trying to see how these watercolors flowed and, and you know, color combinations and so forth. And with this, uh, uh, Harry Portman, my, my teacher, uh, helping me along the way. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really a kick because, um, you know, the biggest thrill is when somebody actually publishes you right. because you, you grew up and you drew, you know, a horse for your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, oh, you're so good. And um, you took that as like, wow, I, I can do it. <laughs> and for somebody to actually say, yeah, I'll pay you for that and publish it was just huge. Um, so that that started the relationship with uh, Joe Simon. And that um, same year, um, as, as covers went along, uh, I thought it was Big Daddy Ross that actually recommended me, mm-hmm. but um, now that I look back and put the pieces together, um, I was approached by a gum company mm-hmm. called uh, uh, Don Russ, oh, yeah. and um, they came up with this idea for Odd Rods, mm-hmm. uh, which um, was really a phenomenal series because I could explore so much because I had to do so many. I, I was paid so little, <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> believe it, that first series was, uh, but I didn't care, you know, right. that money was not the, not the thing, it was, it, was, it was actually doing it, and my classmates, and some would help me sometimes because they thought I was a studio. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's what they like to work with was company studios so the uh, the guy called and said you know uh, why don't you become a sub chapter s this is the art art director <laughs> and it's funny every time he would call uh he was chewing gum <laughs> it was, i thought wow even he chews that gum god <laughs> You know, it's some of the worst because I would get boxes of it oh, later yeah. when they'd publish, and I, I just chew it out of because it was there. But whew, you know, after three minutes or so, your your teeth would start to crumble because right. <laughs> uh, it, it would turn to a rock. Mm-hmm. But, um, of course, nowadays they don't even put gum with the cards. When they put out cards, they just yeah. <laughs> I think gonna... that's that's a shame. I think <laughs> having that, I, he, uh, the art director told me. Um, uh, that after all of the uh, United States would s- sell as many as they could or whatever, they would bring them back, rebox them, <laughs> and, you know, not opening, of course, and, and, and they would sell it to Canada. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I heard when Canada was done, they would rebox them and they would sell them to Mexico. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those poor little Mexican kids. <laughs> that gum must have been like a heat shield on a space shuttle. I mean, uh, 
Well, let me back up a little bit. So I have a couple of questions based on everything you said. You, um, you said you started off at six, so that was your first published work? Uh-huh. Um, profe- yeah. Professionally, I guess. And uh, did, you mentioned MAD, so, I mean, the people that worked at MAD, did you try to apply for MAD, or were you intimidated by it? Or? Yes. I, oh, I, okay. I, felt, I, I just wasn't ready. It was like, you know, the, uh, the rookie on the sidelines. Right. Uh, you're not ready, kid. And, uh, so I didn't know if you tried I, and then they said no or if you just took it upon yourself. I better start with one of these uh, <laughs> second-rate ones first and then right. work my way I, up. And <laughs> I, I had been, uh, like, rejected when I was, like, 16 or so or oh. whenever I was madly in love with this girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually having a serious conversation with my buddy. <laughs> And saying, yeah, you know, I really, really, I think I want to marry her. And um, I think I'll go to New York and I'll do cartoons for Playboy. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, just get one of those penthouses to live in for a while. Right. (laughs) I didn't even know what a penthouse was. So you dream dream big. (laughs) (laughs) I dreamed really big and got rejected so quick I could my eyes crossed. uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, when you're that age, everything. Well, yeah, I could, I could, yeah. Yeah. and and you, you know, you give it a try. So. Right. Now, um, do you remember? I should have looked it up. But, uh, what the cover was? The first one. The one I can think of is the trick or treat cover, where there's all the monsters at the door. But that I don't think that was uh, your first one. No, that yeah. was um, uh, the surfing. The surfing uh, one, okay, okay, yeah, okay. That one. I mean, you look at it today, and you go, "I couldn't have taken them three weeks." <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, like, that's what I was thinking elaborately, but yeah, I guess you took your time, so okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the monster one you're referring to. Yeah. That you could say, okay, well, that took a little more. Yeah. Uh, but each step was a, you know, was a learning process, and and the gum cards really. You know, I experimented with colored board and mm-hmm. uh, markers and, you know, everything. And like I say, you know, my my idols were Harvey Kurtzman's group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just looking at his book out of uh, uh, Fantagraphics, the biography, The Mad Genius, I think the title is. And yeah. mm-hmm. He was a mad genius. Oh, man, he did, was good. Did you ever meet him? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I finally I was on a panel with him and uh I mean it was it was just fantastic just just talking with him. He um gave me some advice. He he told me this William Poon should have given me two pages rather than one. <laughs> he said you were trying to do too many panels in one page, you should have had two <laughs> and uh I just took that as a great, you know, mm-hmm. great compliment. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he was just an amazing man. Yes, yeah. I never met him, but uh, I always admired him. The the closest I could say is I met Al Feldstein, but he was completely different. <laughs> yeah, probably by the time he met him, he was a cowboy, right? Yes. <laughs> He, yeah, and he was retired, was, and he was like, "I don't get all this, all this fan idolation." But okay, you know. <laughs> but I still like yeah. meeting him. It was fun, you know. So. Oh, it was great because, 
know, I think uh, Larry Siegel, one of the writers, mm-hmm. uh, who's, he was just tremendously funny, mm-hmm. um, he came out and said that if Kurtzman had continued Mad Magazine, it would have never made the popularity and become, you know, the institution that it did. Right. Um, uh, because Fel- uh, Feldstein was much more a businessman than yeah. Kurtzman. Kurtzman was yeah. exploring everything, you right. know, and, and he didn't like what, he didn't like his own art, which yeah. <laughs> surprises me, you know, because his style was so unique, and when you see the influence and the, the not storyboards, but the roughs that he did for the, you know, all the guys, Davis and so forth he influenced everybody his, oh, yeah. his, his yeah. stuff was just amazing he had incredible layout skills i mean unless you're bernie Craigstein, everybody followed his lead <laughs> right yeah except that one guy because <laughs> apparently he was the one who didn't like uh working for uh such constricting ways there's probably others but that's the one i can think of and <laughs> yeah yeah no it's um he, he was he was just an amazing person, and he created the genre that yep. yeah. you know influenced uh, most everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was an astounding. Now, um, how did you get in touch with uh, Joe Simon then in the first place? Was, did you just look him up? Or? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's that naive. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, coughing all the time. Okay. I've been on the phone all day, and my oh. voice is about oh, to you. But um, uh, yeah, I just I looked up at the address in the you know the little teeny type in the beginning of the uh, magazine, and just sent these uh, roughs in. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, like I say, it was it was such a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. And I, Davis had just left yeah. there. You know, and Davis was uh, astounding also, but uh, he tried to make me, you know, become a little junior right. <laughs> Davis, and I, and I really, I don't think I was ready, uh, for sure. Um, but uh, he, um, I actually went out and visited him, mm-hmm. and because um, I was just so taken with uh the whole profession, and he was the perfect one to visit. He lived out on Long Island um, on the Sound, and um, his his house was just it was beautiful. Uh, water, you know, faced the water, but he had a pool and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember walking around his studio, and I said, you know. Uh, Mrs. Diamond, uh, what, wh- how I hear stories about some of the artists um, that you worked with and so forth that, you know, are in one-room flats in, in New York. <laughs> how did you, and, and he, uh, I used to be able to do his voice, do it. He talked like this. <laughs> yeah, well, what you've got to do, <laughs> he would say, uh, is um, own something. Yeah. That is the magic. You can sit and you can work. It's the easier way because everything is fed to you and you just do the artwork. But um, he said once you own something, 
to you if it, if it catches on. Right. And that was great advice. Mm -hmm. It really, really was, because that makes a difference. He had, you know, piece of all of those things, mm -hmm. of course, uh, Captain America and, right. and uh, Black Cat, he always talked about. Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with that one. Mm -hmm. um, my art instructor, Harry Boardman, told me that he visited um, Joe Simon when he was young <laughs> and uh, went to their New York uh, studio with Simon and Kirby. Mm -hmm. And he uh, talked about the fact that Joe Simon had told him that um, they had published like the first issue of Captain America. I guess it was successful, but they still had boxes of the first issue wow. in the studio <laughs> and then one day they say, damn I'm tripping over these boxes <laughs> and you know where I'm going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all went out in the alley and were picked up pristine wow. <laughs> copies <laughs> of Captain America number one uh, a great story <laughs> and um when I was there um, at his uh, house on the sound, um, there were pages and pages. he had file cabinets and there were pages of uh, Jack Kirby's uh, pencils and so forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was amazed. I just kept looking through it and looking through it. It was an astounding uh, visit. Really was. Wow, he um, he must have had two places to live because see, I I did a book about Harvey Comics, and he Simon and Alfred Harvey were good friends too, and uh, apparently he had like a small apartment in Manhattan as well. So and yeah, uh, people visited what him happened there. eventually is um uh he his wife passed uh. and um <clears throat> excuse me um. And he uh, uh, sold the house. Oh, okay. And um, he got an apartment in in Manhattan. Uh, by but when he was in Manhattan, I had gotten married by that time. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, my wife and I visited him in the city, and then he said, "Let's um, come on, let's go to dinner." <laughs> and uh, we said, "Okay." Where should we go? He says, I'm going to give you a New York experience. <laughs> and I said, uh, okay, this sounds fun. Um, and he said, this is called, now I'm trying a blank. What do they call those old, those places where they had the, um, the sandwiches and things? In, just a deli? or <laughs> Not the deli. Um, it's where everything was in a... Oh, auto, oh, automat, yeah. With automat. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said, this is the last one in New York. <laughs> yeah. We never got those on the West Coast, but I know about them from, like, movies and stuff. <laughs> I know. I had never been to one either. But I thought, well, here we go. So wow. <laughs> we uh, got a lot of change and, and had the New York experience. Um but he, he was he was he was really a good mm -hmm. guy. Then uh, going back to your Don Russ story, then uh, did they find you because you were published in Sick, or is it just coincidence? Yes, you know, okay. just prior, ironically, to um, uh, 
uh, cover. It was a thick cover with a hot rod on it. Mm -hmm. And um, I had sent my work to um, uh, Big Daddy Roth. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it, it uh, uh, came back, you know, came back with a note saying, hey, I want to use you. This is good. Uh, Ed Roth was really a businessman, <laughs> you know, uh, above uh, all art and everything else. He was a great designer and letterer and so forth. But the majority of the drawings, in fact, I think 99% were an artist named Ed Newton. Mm. I don't know if most people know him. He never got the credit, you know, that he should have. But he could paint and, you know, do hot rides like like nobody. And Ed knew that and let him go to town. Hmm. You know, there's several uh, videos that uh, Ed Roth made. And you'll see his style and so forth. He did shirts. Uh, airbrushed shirts and like mouse mm -hmm. um, and uh, that type of thing but the real illustrations that everybody's familiar with are uh, Ed, uh, Ed Newton mm. um, and anyway he would uh, you know he used uh, Robert Williams and several several uh, artists actually mm -hmm. and he wanted me to uh, send some designs mm -hmm. and I was ready to and um, then uh, Don Ross called out of the clear blue and said you know <laughs> would you like to do 66 of these things for next to nothing yes yeah. uh, <laughs> how, how big did you draw those were they like uh, everybody thinks they're quite large yeah I was not. just curious <laughs> they're, they were three by five I think oh okay yeah, it's very small. Um, I, I have uh, some of the, eventually there became a series called Awesome All-Stars. Uh, yeah, baseball. I remember those. That's the one I remember uh -huh. first, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a box of those, the originals. Yeah. yeah. One of the few things I got before they were sold to General Mills. <laughs> and um, uh, you can, you know, you can take a look at those and <laughs> see how small and the experimentation that was going on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that suddenly I was doing those cards. I had a, a buddy, uh, Ron Beiser, who helped me when uh, they would say, they would call and say, well, get your boys to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look around, <laughs> the boys. Uh, and I would turn those things out. We just... We just pounded those things out, and it was it it was therapy in a way because you can just <laughs> let your mind go berserk. And I tried to keep them uh, a little less gruesome than some uh, of the cartoonists, like some of the Ed Newton stuff. As wonderful as he is, um, they were. They were not likable, particularly, you know. <laughs> and uh, I always tried to make them, I mean, they were ugly, not saying yeah. that. Yeah. But I uh, tried to, to tone it down just, just a little bit. Yeah. Because they're, it's funny how um, 
you can do, uh, like if you had a series of artists and they all did monsters, you'd have some guys who, they could be phenomenal. Yeah. But if the, the creature is too ugly, too gook, yeah. um, there's not a charisma there. Right. And um, it, it's funny, it's a fine line, but there is, there is a line. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I was doing the interviews to the crack book, uh, I interviewed with a bunch of different people, and uh, one is Mort Todd, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he was an editor in the 80s, but he was dealing with John Severin, and he asked Severin, how come you never did the horror stuff over at EC? And he drew some examples, and his, the problem is, is the way Severin drew is very realistic, and uh-huh. as a consequence, kind of disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. Uh, whereas, like, Davis was kind of more like your style, you know, a little more, little humor in it, you know, so you're not Yeah, like... there was something about Davis, even though some of them were just really... I mean, there, was a, there were occasions, like some of those covers from Tales from the Crypt. Right. The, uh, the monster, like, that one coming out of a clamshell, I remember that, <laughs> uh, was like the uh, ugliest damn... Monster around, but there was something about Davis's style, like you say, that um, made it acceptable. You know, he was ashamed of some of the things. I remember him apologizing for doing the famous um, baseball game. Oh yeah, (laughs) and they're throwing a head around or something. Yeah, they're throwing a head around. There's intestines (laughs) on the uh, bases baseline. Right. It, there was just something about his work where you accepted it. You know, I can see <laughs> what me. Severin's talking about. Uh, <laughs> you know, if he drew it, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. <laughs> it would not have been the same. It would have been. Now, since, uh, since we're mentioning Cracked, how, how did that come along? Because you're already uh, doing Sick, or did Sick kind of end and Cracked came along, or did it overlap? How did that work? Yeah, it did sort of end. Um, to think of the transition, but I think um, Joe started uh, playing around with titles. He tried to um, make it a little more hip, and sometimes when you're older than the generation you're <laughs> trying to appeal to, yeah. you do it wrong, you know, yeah. and, and he um, <laughs> had it with him from sick it went to spoof i think well he's it was still sick but yeah he put the word spoof on the cover a lot yeah 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 he was trying to transition and i know he got you to do a lot of hippie artwork (laughs) later on yeah he helped send me out to (laughs) california to uh uh to photograph uh the, the hippie movement. It, it, it is funny, you know, like, you, you know, I mentioned Harvey Comics, they would, like, tr- and even Archie or things, they always tried to be quote-unquote hip just by adding hippies, but they always seemed to get it wrong, you know, it's like, you know. Uh, they were the cleanest hippies in the world, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the Betty and Veronica were right. so neat. Right. But they had a band around their head. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And uh, you get some like what was his name? Uh, 
Rubin. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Rubin. Jerry Rubin, yeah. <laughs> who, who <laughs> suddenly quit the whole movement mm-hmm. and became a stockbroker or something. Yeah, yeah. Talk about, wow. About turning around. Woo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was part of it. And then I, I think I went over to track uh, because I, I admired John Severn also. Mm-hmm. Thought he was really, he was good with comedy. I right. And I know the last time we spoke, I think, like, you have the original artwork that Severn did for Cracked 105, which is the monster movie where all the monsters are slithering out of the theater or whatever, and uh, you wrote that yeah. gag, is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah that, was, that was my first kind of writing-type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it really wasn't much writing. I just, yeah. It was an idea, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I started thinking, hmm, because then later I wrote for Cracked, mm-hmm. um, very primitive, but something <laughs> on uh, First Aid, I did an article on that, and um, a few others, and they were always asking me for um, cover ideas and so mm-hmm. forth, and uh, they had the nicest situation. They were down in Florida, because right. I think the publisher... Robert, is it Sprawl? Sprawl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a health condition, and the doctor said, you know, why don't you take it a little more easy? So they had a place, they had an uh, office right on the water. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and just had everybody send their work in, and it's phenomenal, you know. Did you ever go down there, or did you just mail stuff in? Yeah, I did, oh, okay. I actually did. <laughs> and I went down there with some buddies, and... We cool. visited later uh, with my wife, so um, <laughs> it was, it just, you know, there were some of the things I I did in that era where it just, it's embarrassing. <laughs> so it was, uh, like I say, it was a learning curve, but there, right. there were some bad curves, too, uh, that, that didn't work out as well as I'd like. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Whatever it it it, right. it is all part of it. Later, I think I've I found myself right much more. You know, so you you uh, you made the rounds. I mean, then I think next would be Lampoon, right? The National Lampoon. That would be after Cracked or. Uh yeah. Well, actually, be- before that was the Muppets. Oh, okay. I mean, you mentioned the Muppets when we were emailing. What did you do for the Muppets? Uh, I did a lot of uh, creatures. Uh, I went to, uh, I was in New York, I don't know exactly, it might have been cracked, um, <laughs> why I was there, but I, um, oh, I'm sorry, I got uh, that wrong. I was doing, on the side, I was helping out on a uh, kid show, mm-hmm. a local kid show on the, the, the uh, ABC affiliate, um, and uh, I did a puppet what was on the show and um this the guy who created it bob elnicky uh these puppets um uh, he uh went to new york and met jim henson hmm. and he was going to do some things with them and then he decided not to and i said oh god i said i would love to meet jim henson <laughs> and he said uh, oh i can put you in touch with him and <laughs> I said, ooh, great. 
great. <laughs> and so I, I called and kind of made a uh, appointment using him as reference. And um, then I started in to work on drawings of Big Bird and, you know, the whole Sesame Street gang and, mm. and so forth. And uh, put those together and they looked pretty good, you know, when I was done. Mm -hmm. Then the day, <laughs> the uh, day finally came, got on the plane, went to New York. And I went in the, I was in this funky little hotel that didn't have much money. <laughs> and um, uh, I put all the drawings out on the bed. And uh, uh, I looked at them and suddenly they looked like garbage. Oh. <laughs> I said, oh, God, that's the worst big bird ever. And uh, uh, I said, I, I, I can't show him this. You know, I told him that I was going to bring in samples of it. He said, going to tell me to get out of there. So I, I, it was raining, by the way, huh. and I was totally unprepared. I just had a hat, like a floppy hat, huh. and a, a Levi jacket and so forth. And um, I called over to the to Muppet uh, Workshop Creature uh, House or whatever they called it, and um, I, he answered. And I said, oh, hi. <laughs> my voice went like up three octaves uh -huh. and, uh, hi Mr. Uh, Hanson um, you know um, it really is uh, late you know the plane got in late and uh, uh, I wonder maybe we should do, do this another time because I would hate to uh, hold you up and uh, and he said oh no no don't <laughs> don't worry he said I'm, I'm building a little uh, playhouse for my daughter hmm. and I said uh, little dollhouse, I guess. And I said, oh. And he said, so come ahead. And I oh. <laughs> <laughs> so here I go, out into the street, no raincoat, no umbrella. Can't find a cab in New York, you know, when it's really rainy. Yeah. And so I stood there for the longest time. Finally got a cab. I went there. I buzzed the, uh, the, uh, uh, door, and uh, he came on the speaker and said, come on up. And I climbed up the stairs. you got to remember, I'd been out in the rain a long time. <laughs> rain is dripping off this hat. <laughs> I'm standing there with my portfolio, and he's on the phone, and he kind of turned and saw me, and <laughs> he actually stuttered a bit. <laughs> it's like, who in the hell is this guy? <laughs> Even though it was supposed to be 
Yeah. yeah. In those early days, yeah, on Sesame Street yeah. and stuff. If you look at, you know, Big Bird and so forth, I don't think Davis took the time to yeah. really study how Big Bird is drawn and so, I mean, how he should be drawn. It was just Davis being as crazy he was. Yeah. And, um,. So he said, you know, but if you could fill it out here, and if you could do this, and you could do that. He said, um, they say that, they told me that you you do puppets and so forth. I said, yeah, I can do voices and puppets and and that, that type of thing. And he said, really? And then, God, he uh, took out these practice Muppets, kind of foam rubber things and he said hold your hands up he said there now I said go ahead make it work <laughs> holy crap wow. I gotta be funny in front of you uh, uh, you know uh, I don't but I went at it and I made him laugh and um, <laughs> he uh, he right then and there really kind of made me an offer hmm. um, to come there director and designer and uh, puppeteer mm-hmm. and I actually went to Muppet school <laughs> it wow. was Dave Golez who yeah. did several several characters um, and Dave and I uh, went at it but uh, you know every day I was there for like two weeks I think and um, every day uh I would I would miss greenery, you know. I'm in Midtown, <laughs> and I said, "Do I really want to come here?" And I had gotten really serious with my future wife, and I didn't know whether I wanted to get married and then come there and live and so forth. <laughs> which, you know, I was offered profit sharing. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's one of those things you think back and go, hmm. <laughs> so, um, but I eventually said, you know, I don't, don't think, uh, don't think this is going to work. Uh-huh. And um, he said, no, no. He said, you know, think about it. And then <laughs> he uh, had me come in and draw the, um, what did they call the style book? For the Muppets, each character uh, uh-huh. was set on a little, uh, you know, workbench in front of me, and I would sketch them out as to, you know, how they really should look. And this would be used for all the artists mm-hmm. uh, doing the books and all the, all the rest of that. And uh, uh, that was really fun because I'd sit down and go, "Damn, you know, there's Grover." <laughs> I love Grover. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. And um, they, uh, the only part with Grover was he's a hard character to uh, recreate uh, and get the same humor that that character has uh, on paper. And uh, I would draw him and I'd say, oh, that's good. And then uh, Frank Oz would come in. And he goes, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm uh, doing character sketches of uh, Grover. <laughs> and he said, oh, that's a great, these are great. These are, oh, wow. 
off and on over time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't they would bring me in. Straight through, like, okay. They did a pilot called Inner Tube, <laughs> and uh, I was a consultant on that. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Great. But when I brought in Dr. Teeth, um, it was actually called the Boogeyman, <laughs> uh, because I liked uh, the New Orleans sound, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dr. John. And yeah. character that dr teeth character 
I don't remember which talk show it was. It was Mike Douglas show or Merv Griffin. It was one of those chat shows in the afternoon, and he he brought it out. Hanson brought it out. He says, "Here's a new character we created called Doctor Teeth." You know, and I go, "Wow!" Oh. You know, and this is before the Muppet Show or anything, so I didn't know oh. what he was going to do with it. You know, and he just had it on there and kind of voiced it, and gave it the standard kind of Jim Henson voice. I thought, but you know, <laughs> well, that is wow. I wish I'd seen it myself. Yeah. Uh, the reason why it was called Dr. Teeth is, um, is that uh, I drew the character with teeth. <laughs> and, and he looked at it and he said, you know, none of the Muppets have teeth. Right. <laughs> and I said, well, I can, I can erase them. <laughs> and he said, no, I kind of like that. Uh. And consequently, that's why they, they named him Dr. Teeth. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and Jim came in for when I finally got married uh, for our wedding. And I have the honor of saying that that was only the second time that he had worn a tie anywhere. Mm. The first time was his father's funeral. Mm. <laughs> and he wore a tie wow. to our wedding. We thought wow. that is so cool. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but don't, don't ever invite a Jim Henson to your wedding because nobody pays attention to you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was crowded. You know, they did that little tinkling of the glass thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're supposed to kiss the bride and everybody goes, ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, they did, my, my buddy was the best man, did the ding, 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 ding. It, everybody was around <laughs> and they all kind of looked back. <laughs> we, we did our little kiss, but they went right back to Wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, one of those, those classic moments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was great. It mm -hmm. was a sad, sad day when he left. Yeah. Um, but, Were you working um, with him even up to the end? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. right I was designing. Okay. In fact, at one point, uh, he wanted, uh, oh, because I, I designed some things that I had drawings, I still have those of uh, a band I created, it was called Bob Beaver's Zoot Suit Band. And uh, he really liked those characters. And mm. okay. uh, he said, do you have any other designs or whatever? And I said, well, you know, I've, I've done a zillion um, kind of creature uh, cards, mm -hmm. gum cards, and, and I had a sample of one or two of them. And, I know two people, and one of them's been on the podcast, uh, and one I'm trying to get on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you know them. One's Guy Gilchrist. He's drawn for the Muppets and uh, did Nancy and Sluggo for a while. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew I him. I'm familiar with the name. Okay, I... and then the other is Craig Yo, and he's a publisher nowadays for the most part. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew I Craig Yo uh, at the very end. I was doing a book for them. Okay. And uh, I came. They told me that I could have this little room to do something, and there was a stationery that said Craig Yo. Oh okay. Right. And I said, Oh my God. <laughs> I've seen him at uh, comic cons and things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know, you know, we were. He was in New York. I, I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we kind of crossed paths. We mm -hmm. I've crossed paths with him on several projects.
That's cool. Seems like. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he uh, apparently did quite a bit for that. Right. Now, going back to your magazine work, okay, so I started talking about Lampoon. Uh, how did you get involved with that? I mean, that seems kind of, in a certain way, kind of left field because it seemed like you're kind of like a a, a clean cartoonist, as it were, you know? And I'm not saying that the stuff, the, the Appletons or Timberland Tales are really that filthy dirty. They really weren't compared to stuff other people did. But, you know, how did you get in there and how did you get along with everyone? Or did you just kind of mail it in on that one, too? Uh, it, when I was in, uh, I was a fan of the Lampoon. Oh, okay. Because Lampoon was kind of a, um, it was the big boy uh, Mad Magazine. Right. You know, I mean, there you you had sexual innuendo and, and so forth, and you'd never seen that. <laughs> right. I mean, you'd seen it, of course, but uh, <laughs> uh, not as well done as they did it. Mm -hmm. uh, and... You know, Doug Kenny and, and Harry, uh, Henry Beard and mm -hmm. and uh, some of the staff there were incredible. Um, and so I, I was a faithful reader, and eventually um, I uh, started coming up with strip ideas in my head. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know... If you're going to do a strip, you better love the characters. And it took me a long, long time to really develop characters that I liked. Mm -hmm. Weird as they are, when I look at the art now, and I see that Maurice, a little um, Indian boy, right. is like another style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's running around. Nobody's, nobody's noticing that he's got the weirdest little eyes and so forth. But it all seemed to um, make sense, you know. Well, I was kind of thought you were doing like an maybe unintentional an homage to like Blackhawk, where Chop Chop looked totally different than all the other characters. Yeah, yeah. It, it's ironic. I I really wasn't doing that, but it came out that way. Yeah. <laughs> and like um, it, it uh, I I started out with the Appletons, and I was watching you know some of these reruns, and I, they were so. So cute and sweet and everything else. And I thought, what if the guy's just a maniac? <laughs> and uh, I thought that would be kind of funny, dressed in this cardigan like, you know, um, Mr. Rogers and Ward mm -hmm. Cleaver and, you know, Mr. Brady. Um, and so I, I, I thought I was being clever. And I, I put the word, the word apple, like for all American apple pie. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I put ton on it. I thought that was kind of an original name. <laughs> Later I found out it was a pretty common name. <laughs> um, but I, I did the ones, I think I had two samples. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to drop in there and see, see if I can wiggle, you know, in somehow. <laughs> and I had tested it and got some laughter. Because what it was was shock. Mm -hmm. And that was me learning my way. I started out with the Appletons being shocked. Right. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you would get to laugh through that. Later, like when Grandma Appleton starts to really come about, uh, the humor starts to really gel. Yeah. Um, and and they, they become more funny, I think. Mm -hmm. Um so that these first shocking strips, I, I 
went in, met the receptionist. She took me in and uh, motioned to Doug Kenny, the mm. creator, co-creator mm-hmm. of uh, The Lampoon, who <laughs> to this day, he got me with this one. He, he had a um, uh, civil defense helmet on, <laughs> you know, from the war or 50s or whatever, uh, the white. Uh, civil defense helmet mm-hmm. and he had that on didn't say anything like oh excuse the helmet or you know we're shooting something or whatever <laughs> and I didn't want to seem uncool so I didn't mention it either <laughs> and I because I thought for sure he's going to at any moment go oh and by the way I'm what and he never did <laughs> we <laughs> to this day I don't know why he had it on. I've even asked some of the other editors. I don't even remember it. But um, uh, he uh, looked at what I had, and he said, he's, well, he said, that's kind of ironic because we're doing a special, uh, what is it, uh, Sunday Comics or something um, oh, yeah. special. And it's Brian McConaughey and um, Sean Kelly. And uh, I remember... He escorted me to their office, and they were laughing at something. And I came in, I said, oh, boy, this is going to be pretty scary. Because <laughs> I really wanted to get in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I showed it to Brian and and uh, Sean, and they, uh, they liked it. He said, oh, this will work perfect for what we're doing. <laughs> we're doing a um, satire on, you know, funnies. Mm-hmm. And this would work great. Can you do like a 50s style? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. I didn't know what that was at the time. Uh, I later just said, oh, yeah, I, now I get it. You know, that kind of all-American style. Yeah. Things that my dad actually was doing. Right. <laughs> uh, my dad was kind of a model for Appleton. And later I grew into the part of it. By the way, Tim always wanted to do a film with uh, his Norm Appleton. Tim Allen, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, anyway, uh, they sent me back with uh, some notes and so forth. Can you make this 50 stuff? I I really was clumsy with the first, as you can see in the book. Mm -hmm. in uh, uh, Bob Cage in Canada. 
which is up by Toronto. I don't know if you know anything about that area, but uh, it was up there, and um, it was a historical lodge. Uh, hewn wood from 1830-something or other, and they were kind of resurrecting it and making it happen. And I worked there for my uncle for the summer, mm -hmm. and I was a waiter and a stable boy and a lifeguard and you name it. <laughs> and, uh, they, you know, I would get tips, and it was just, it was heaven. There were waitresses up there, <laughs> young ones. And, uh, uh, it was just, but one day there was this group that came in, and there was this little uh, uh, Indian boy who uh, basically uh, looked like Maurice. Hmm. Had this round, round face, and it was wearing like kind of wintery clothes. <laughs> it was pretty hot, <laughs> um, and he was just the neatest little kid. And I got along with him great, but I think that transferred over to uh, Little Maurice, you hmm. know. And uh, uh, Constable Tom came about by uh, my my dad was uh, 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 Canadian, uh, came in from, uh, he came from Britain to Canada, and, and so my aunt stayed there, and um, we would visit them, and I just, I thought Mounties were the coolest thing in the world, <laughs> and, you know, I, I always thought they ran around in the woods with those red uniforms, but... <laughs> I guess they didn't. That's what they always show, yeah. <laughs> but I told my aunt that one time, and she said, you really like those, huh? Yeah. And she got me this, I'll have to send you a photograph of <laughs> got me this Mountie um, <laughs> who looked like Constable Tom. Mm -hmm. he, he was so disappointing to me because he looked like he had been had a little brain damage. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> His little teeny head <laughs> and his hat. Uh, it just, it, I said, "Oh God, you know, I've got to use that <laughs> that as a character." And uh, so that—that's uh, when I was a little kid, by the way. <laughs> wasn't, <laughs> wasn't later in the Lampoon days. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, th those characters uh, were a hit instantly. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I, this is the most amazing story. I mean, the chances of this happening, uh, I'm not sure a scientist could figure out. Uh, uh, one day, I was uh, just driving along, and I saw this hobby shop, and I pulled off the road and, and said, oh, I wonder what, what, what this is all about. It was a new place. And prior to that, I had... Um, done uh, a convention, I think, <laughs> and I had had a uh, hoodie, a gray hoodie made up um, that I would, I wore, and I'm not even sure I wore it at the convention, but I had it for the convention. And on the back of the hoodie, I had printed the logo uh, with the characters uh, from Timberland Tales. <laughs> and that day, I happened to uh, be wearing it. I didn't even wear it that much. And I, I walked into the 
the door. And I hear this guy say, I'm, I mean, I'm literally not three feet in the store when uh, I hear him say, no, you've got to see this cartoon strip, man. It's so funny. <laughs> this dog has like foam on his mouth and, and, and there's this little kid and the dog is always like causing and, and meanwhile, I'm, you know how you go into a store when you're really looking at something else and you're pretending you're looking at something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like by the counter going, are they talking about Timberland too? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I interrupted. I said, excuse me. I said, are you, are you by any chance talking about Timberland Tales from the National Lampoon? And the guy looked, looked at me like, I had just called him a name, you know, like, <laughs> backed off, like, who are you? And uh, he said, uh, yeah. And I said, oh, wow, that's so bizarre. I'm the guy who does that. <laughs> and they both, there was, like, total silence. And I, I said, really? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the guy who does it. And he went, oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> knowing that he didn't believe a word. <laughs> wow. And so I said, well, yeah, well, anyway, uh, thanks for the uh, compliment. And, uh, and I turned around and started walking out of the door. And, of course, he spots the back of my hoodie. And he says, oh, my God, <laughs> I think he is the guy. <laughs> And I could have turned around, but I said, no, it would be cooler if I just kept walking. Wow. <laughs> and I got in my car and left. <laughs> and so to this day, I'm sure these guys are still talking about, who, who was that weird guy? <laughs> oh. But what are the chances? Yeah. I mean, if you said that to me, I'd probably say, well, prove it, draw it here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. You know, exactly. it's kind of funny that they just dismissed it out of hand, but hey. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, hmm. anyway, that's a, a uh, very strange story. Why did you change from calling yourself Bob to BK? Is there a reason for that, or just it's just yeah, catchy? Yeah, basically, I, uh, I was at a, uh, this what proved it <laughs> to me that um, I should change my name a little bit. I was at a party, uh, the Lampoon sent us around to promote the magazine, and I was at a party, I think it was in L.A., and um, this, this guy came up to me, had tags, a little name tags, and, and he said, oh, man, he says, I love your work. And I said, oh, thank you. That's, that's great. You know, that, um, thank you very much. And he said, yeah, yeah, when, you know, when you, when you do those caricatures and so forth, I just, I, I just love your style. And I'm going, hmm, I don't do caricatures mm. <laughs> he went on about and he started getting political mm. and I went oh oh and uh, I said oh um, I, I, are you talking about like uh, that I'm a political cartoonist or whatever and he said yeah you're you're Bob Taylor from the uh, uh, Dallas uh, whatever the papers <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed. And I said, okay, this is 
is not good. And actually, this Bob Taylor, actually, uh, he, he draws in a way very similar to what I do. Oh, that's funny. And um, then somebody else told me about, because I, I told the, the incident to someone, and they said, you know, there's an animator, too, and... Yeah. Uh, L.A. that is named Bob Taylor, and yeah. I said, oh, well, it's time to think we'll go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my name is very common, Mark Arnold, it's like, but I never bothered to change it, but, uh, and then for you, it's like, there's an actor named Robert Taylor, <laughs> you know. Right, and that's, yeah. of course, yeah. what you get when, you know, whenever yeah. you're uh, using your charge card or yeah. whatever, somebody, oh, Robert Taylor, the actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah. exactly. Well, I was wondering just because, you know, we were talking about R.L. Stein, and it's like, did you change yours just to say, you could be R.L., I'll be B.K.? I think he copied me. <laughs> I think that was it. <laughs> then there's, it was like the, the R.L. Stein, and there was uh, M.K. Brown, right. P.J. O'Rourke, right. uh, all lampoon people. Right. And, uh, you know, I think it comes from possibly... I'm not sure for them or whatever, but the Harvard Lampoon, everybody, just the uh, staff and so forth, they use their their initials. Yeah. Um, and I may have started with I don't know, but there's a lot of us with just initials. And yeah. In today's world, with uh, so many, you know. Well, I think it worked for you because now I know it's you. <laughs> when, when, yeah, well, it does, it stands out. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. you know, the guy in Dallas gets either criticism or, yeah. or credit. That Timberland guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, that's where that, okay. that came from. And then uh, the other thing you wanted to mention is about your dad. You wanted to say a few more things about your dad, so I guess you could uh, mention it here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh he um, he was a commercial artist. He did he did some illustrations, uh, mostly for like the auto industry and so forth. But also um, he had, he had some men's adventure type illustrations, and he worked for uh, um, Motown. Also, he, he did the uh, uh, Supremes' the Greatest Hits album, uh, and. Um, there's portraits in that when you open it up, they they're individual portraits of the Supremes. Mm -hmm. He illustrated those, and and I think he did some things for the Miracles and um, several other related type things, advertising and that type of thing. So cool, uh, cool. yeah, it was, it was <laughs> a thrilling thing to see that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. And just made me wonder, did you ever do any album covers in your career? <laughs> uh, did I? <laughs> I did. Oh. Yeah, I did a couple. There was a nothing, you know, not uh, not anyone that really was uh, in the limelight. <laughs> but I'm uh, thinking back, and yeah, there. Oh God, I can't remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I had I had my um, one of my illustrations uh, pilfered for a uh, record company. Uh -huh. I just took it, and I think they were possibly black market type things. But somebody showed me the illustration. And I couldn't believe it. it was a label for the company. Right um, on Instagram, I have this. Uh, 
Carmen, I call her, but she's almost an animated type of character dancing. And I mean, she is really grooving. And uh, they, they just out and out took it. Mm. Uh, well, I think we talked about this before, but I'll mention it again. I know we're continuing on, but you know, uh, didn't you get a little ruffled when they started using a, a drawing that kind of looked like Norm Appleton, you know, for the the Bob Society or oh, something? Oh yeah, the yeah. subgenius. Yeah, the uh, Church of the Subgenius. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I didn't. I was shocked by it because I had just seen. I went to an old comic. Store, uh, store and found a comic that had this old ad um, for pipes, mm-hmm. and it was that image. And I said, "Oh my God, he looks like Norm." <laughs> and uh, I said, "Yeah, I, I got to buy this. This is really cool." And I thought I'd use it somewhere down the road, you know, to say, "Oh, look, he's famous or whatever." Uh, but I just kept it, and then all of a sudden I saw this thing come out, and um, uh, then everybody started associating, you know, and then somebody accused me of ripping them off. Oh, boy. <laughs> which, that's when I got a little ticked mm-hmm. off in that, um, and, you know, no, I, I was published before yeah. he you know, came up with it, but uh, in in the in the lampoon uh, in the uh, I think he's crazy book. Uh, I do say in there that we are not associated, but I think Norm would be uh, very flattered. Norm Appleton would be very flattered to be referred to as God. <laughs> so I, you know, all is well. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, onward we go. All right. And um, then at the very end um, was Uncle Kunta. I don't know if you've seen that. I think I remember that because I, I read Lampoon from late 70s all through all the way to the end you know i even have the last issue which a couple friends of mine who collect such things they're really jealous you know <laughs> but you were long gone by that point that was like 1998 oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i think was, you made it to like the early 90s or something if i remember correctly well yeah. that's when i started working for uh, home, home improvement was oh, okay okay and then i i, I left and um you know, the thing I did at that point, I, I don't think I did anything for Lampoon. I, I do have missing. Someone's got it out there, and I wish I could have found it for the book. I saw it offered, or not offered, but shown on one of the online uh, original comic art sites. Mm-hmm. And it was the last Timberland, uh, which was... Uh, borrowed, so to speak, <laughs> uh, when they closed the New York office down, I think, hmm. and not returned. And hmm. I wanted to get that to include, uh, and I think maybe because I wrote to the site and they never replied, but hmm. I said, you know, I'd just like to use it. I know he must have bought it from someone, and it, as far as I'm concerned, it's his, but... Right. Uh, you know, I would like to include it because it never was published. Hmm. Um, and the only ones that have originals are Tim Allen and, mm-hmm. and one of the editors borrowed one. 
Now, um, you mentioned a few times with Joe Simon and everything, you know, try to own your characters. So do you own these characters? Yes. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> That's what I wanted yeah. to draw, get at. It's... Yeah, it was that been stupid. <laughs> so, uh, so is that the, the well, way you were able to easily... No, I yeah. never... <laughs> no, thank God. Yeah. That was one of the nicest things that Maddie Simmons okay. did was uh, they got first rights and then he returned okay. to you. Because all, all, all this time we're talking about gum cards, we're talking about Muppets, everything, and it's like, I don't think he's owning any of this stuff. You know? so, yeah, right. yeah. so far that, that yeah. great advice. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good news. So it, getting the rights to do, I mean, the book we're talking about is a new book you just put out called I Think He's Crazy, <laughs> the comics of B.K. Yeah. Taylor. Um, so getting the rights was not a problem. You, you own the rights, so it's your own thing, right? Yes. Yeah. That's all. And I I assume you worked with Gary Groth over there at Fantagraphics to get the book put. Yes, Gary Groth was the uh, publisher, and um, then uh, the uh, editor was uh, Mike Catrone, and the art director was Justin Allen Spencer. They were they were great to work with. Uh, I think he did a really nice job. Putting the book together, uh, I love the end pieces and so forth. Um, and finally, I get to bring out Uncle Kunta, which a lot of people didn't see because it yeah. was towards the end, and it was actually becoming one of my favorites. There wasn't too many Although of those, I, were there? there was a, like a handful of those, right? Yeah, there was only five or six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I thought they were funny. Yeah. Uh, even when I found them again, I I was kind of giggling at my own work, which is <laughs> odd. <laughs> um, I just thought it was a great character. I, I was hoping it wouldn't cause some kind of problem. I'm sure somebody's going to stick me for, for doing it. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was based off of, uh, I think I talk about him in the intro of the book that A.B. Frost, who was a, uh, a tremendous illustrator uh, at the turn of the century, and um, a friend of mine, uh, Randy Deal, who's an artist, uh, sent me this book from New York, and uh, he um, uh, said, I think you're, you're really going to like this guy. He made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh boy, you know, that humor sometimes doesn't survive over the years and uh, I thought I, I doubt if I'll, <laughs> if I'll he made me laugh mm-hmm. and I, I, I think I mentioned that in the intro like I say uh, that it was so weird I sat there thinking about that I never met this guy and a hundred years ago he created this and he's made me laugh today mm. and I thought wow if I could only do that, you know. Yeah. And he did the illustrations for the original Uncle Remus series. Ah, okay. um, and if you find the book or, repro- or reproduce it, uh, versions of it, um, you'll see how how his his ink style is I'll have to very look, indicative of that. I'll have to look but, at that. I do have a copy of... Uncle Remus stories. It's just a red hardback book from I don't know, eight, eighty, ninety years ago or something like that. 
But I haven't wow. looked at the drawings in a while. But you know, that may be worth something. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he um, he. Uh, just he would like I say he was an illustrator, and then he started getting in. And he was really like the uh, godfather of sequential art. Mm. He started doing uh, that type of thing for publications, you know, way back then. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got an original of his, which is really a kick. Um, and on the back, he actually started one, and then. Didn't like it apparently. He flipped it and <laughs> didn't work on the other side. But yeah. um, that's where that idea came from. But I thought I'd make him kind of a black Appleton <laughs> and uh, give him uh, kind of this wry sense of humor right. to these little naive kids <laughs> and and change everything. You know, God's black and. Um, Robinson Crusoe gets his, his comeuppance. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you've ever read the original Robinson Crusoe, boy, talk about ooh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robinson was uh, pretty weird, yes. <laughs> uh, to say the least. So I had I had uh, Friday mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, come back at him, and I I have visions of of other stories. two questions that are probably going to have detailed answers so i'll just ask them both and then you can just um how did you get involved with home improvement that seems like such a left turn even though you were working with the muppets and then you have a backward in this book the forwards by tim allen uh the backwards by rl stein or jovial bob stein and i know you did a lot of stuff for him for bananas and dynamite and scholastic and stuff like that and jane stein his wife and things like that so those are the two things i kind of want to cover before we're done (laughs) so Okay. Which so good. I can't you ask for it. We're down another three hours. <laughs> I've already lost my voice. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the first one uh, was uh, um, basically uh, Tim Allen. Uh, we live in the same area, ironically, and he was a big fan of the Appletons and followed it and would bring strips into the comedy club uh, here called the Comedy Castle, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. And um, someone finally said, you know, I think he lives around here. And he said, no, he's probably out in New York. And they said, no, I'll I'll see if we can contact him. So they contacted this guy, uh, Bob Elnicky, who uh, knew Tim and I and, and they put us together and um, we found out we had the same sense of humor and <laughs> um, then take uh, a few like in those old movies where the calendar comes out <laughs> and uh, swirls <laughs> uh, another year or so uh, he was discovered by Katzenberg and Eisner uh, in the comedy club in LA and um they offered him uh, 
an opportunity to have his own show. And they, they offered him, he was supposed to, they had said, uh, we think it'd be great for you to be a policeman, like one of those canine uh, police officers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he turned it down. <laughs> and everybody said, you don't turn down Katzenberg and Eisner. And he did. He, he had the guts. Mm-hmm. And he I, apparently brought up the Appletons. And um, then when they started production and so forth, um, I, he'd come back for a party. And he said, would you like to try out for the show? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, mm, sure. Now, I was used to writing vignettes. Basically, that's what you know my page was for the Appletons. There are there are a couple in the book that um, are multi-page, but uh, basically that was it. I wasn't really used to a total format of, of writing a sitcom. And so I thought, I'll try it anyway. And so um, I wrote a sample script, I sent it to the producers, um, and um, they brought me in. And when when you go to do a, a, a show, they want, it's like submarine duty. <laughs> you have to make sure that everybody uh, likes you. And, uh, uh, you know, if you're a, a you know problem, they don't want you on board because sometimes you're working till two, two, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and if you're one of the rabble rousers, they don't want you there. So they literally sat around me in a circle and just pounded questions um, at me. And apparently, I was uh, uh, I was able to pass muster and <laughs> and did. Um, my first intro into uh, sitcoms Um, and so when here's where it gets dicey is I uh, was brought into uh, Burbank and they uh, one of the producers introduced me as Tim's friend (laughs) and that's like the scarlet letter right on your forehead you're branded (laughs) as a squealer and so for the first month or so I would come in in the morning and I'd see them some of the writers talking in the hall or whatever and everybody would kind of stop and their head put their heads down (laughs) (laughs) and I'd be like morning (laughs) Mm -hmm. morning 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 (laughs) and whisper to each other during certain, you know, gags or whatever. And I thought, boy, this is going to be a tough road. (laughs) And I had to kind of prove to them that I wasn't going to go over because what usually happens is the writers, if a gag dies, the writers blame the uh, actors and the (laughs) actors blame the writers. (laughs) And they keep, you know, they would think I'd run to Tim. Um, But, uh, Finally, uh, it was around Christmas time, and uh, they gave me my first script. Up to that point, you you literally are are creating shows for a writer. In other words, there's an A and a B and a C story, and there's a bulletin board with note cards that have different ideas. The the, the boys on the show steal money. Um, mm-hmm. 
see the neighbor next door, blah, blah, blah. So in the meantime, I, that's what I was doing up to that point, is working with the other writers on that. And then it came my turn, and um, they said, well, we're all going on you know, vacations over the holiday, and, uh, <laughs> but if you need anything, just give us a call. <laughs> and so I went back home, and I uh, celebrated the Christmas, and I started writing like crazy, and I got to areas where I was unsure, and uh, I made calls, and answers <laughs> and I thought this is getting scary it's almost time to go back and uh, uh, so I just wrote mm-hmm. and um, then I got on a plane went uh, back to uh, uh, LA and uh, handed it in and <laughs> oh my god with my imagination I it was the camping episode was the first one mm. <laughs> and um And 
excited. Uh, I started applauding, <laughs> laughing and applauding, <laughs> and everybody followed me. <laughs> so if you ever see the episode, <laughs> the first hand applauding is me. <laughs> Out of nervousness. Wow. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, it it uh, it worked out. Uh, in the end, actually, my second script was over budget too. <laughs> so the bean counters would say hello to me in the beginning of, you know, when I first got there. But <laughs> after a while, they were too crazy. But uh, I, I made amends with all the uh, writers, and we're friends to this day. That's cool. Did three seasons there, so. Mm -hmm. um, Do you know how many that, episodes that that you did? That I did solely were, I think, six or seven. Oh, okay, six, that's maybe. cool. Over a three-year yeah. period? Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. two so or three those, a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's neat. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really uh, an experience because I learned um, script writing, basically, yeah. and, and uh, I'm working on a script right now. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it was a, a sort of an education, paid education, basically, mm -hmm. because I had really good producers there and so forth, uh, uh, Matt Williams and Carmen Finestra and David <laughs> McFadden. Uh, Matt Williams created um, uh, Rock, uh, uh, Roseanne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and worked uh, with Carol Burnett show and mm -hmm. so forth. So uh, it was, it was fun. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh Still stay in touch with him and, and everyone. So that's cool. Yeah, Good well, experience. yeah, you wrote your forward, so I guess you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be terrible. It's like, did you write a forward? Who are you? Look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. like, I got a book. <laughs> Take a few minutes. Well, I know a Bob Taylor. I don't know a Beacon. <laughs> yeah, right. Bob Taylor, He's in Dallas or something. But I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about it. <laughs> All right. Um, so, anything else you want to include, or? Uh... Uh, so, but then, um, if you want to really quick, God, I can't believe we've talked this long. Yeah, see, you said uh, think sixty minutes was that was a long time. We're already at ninety minutes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I know. Remember, I think when you first approached me, you said they'd be, uh, could be as long as ninety. I said, oh God, I don't know. Uh. in third grade. Uh, oh, jeez. What, <laughs> uh, uh, well, we were going to R.L. Stein. Uh, I think, if I'm remembering clearly, that era we were talking about, the cracked um, era. Yeah. I think I was still doing some cards. There were zero heroes. There were uh, various... Uh, I did a series with Alex Mino, mm. uh, who's just an amazing artist. Um, I remember talking to him once. He was inking a page for DC, mm -hmm. and he looked up at me, and I looked down, and his hand was still going. Mm. And I thought, he's looking at me. How the hell's the inking? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he, he was that good. <laughs> that's, that's really weird. <laughs> anyway, um, I, uh, I sent 
my work into Scholastic to, uh, I just got married and needed uh, funding for the mm-hmm. new house and all that. And so I sent my work into Scholastic and they they sent me over to uh, Bob Stein, or R.L. Stein. Yeah. And um, uh, I worked for a, a little magazine, it still publishes it, called Scope. Yeah. Uh, did you get that in school? Yeah, I used to get that in school. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I did my first illustration for him. It was it was a skier or something. He's tumbling at you or something. And uh, Bob really liked And then we started talking, and we had the same interests. Yeah. Harvey Kurtzman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bob and Ray tapes, um, things like that. And... Uh, we became phone friends, and oops, uh, to this day, um, uh, we still call each other, and then we'd visit out. He has a place out in uh, in the Hamptons that we visit. Uh, he has this huge grotto, which is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and we go there in the summer. Um, but we went for years as friends. Uh, his wife called and said she'd like me to try uh, dynamite and mm-hmm. a hot dog and um, there was another one in there two oh, bananas yeah <laughs> and uh, uh, that's that was an experimental fun time too and uh, I appreciate everything they've done they, they were great great he's uh, actually one of the nicest guys in the world yeah not the dark character <laughs> <laughs> he's not liking goosebumps or whatever <laughs> um i don't know if you're aware of this you might be because you talked to him he's, they put out a series of children's books like who who is walt disney or who is stan lee or something and the, he got one so i bought it you know just because of, you know it says who is rl stein and it's his life story in a simplified oh children's book but it just came out and i was like cool you know and it talks about you know his love for kurtzman and stuff and how he started the magazines and then how he got into goosebumps and uh i think it mentioned eureka's castle in there too it's like oh my you god know, you know, so, wow yeah you know. that is so great i didn't even hear about that yeah. you didn't even talk about it yeah, i think it came it's out like a few that, months ago you know. a couple months ago and i was like "Ooh, rl stein cool neat because I know him still as Jovial Bob Stein because, you know, oh, that's where yeah. <laughs> he was the editor of Bananas, you know. It's like, you know, that I'll Goosebumps you stuff. What, I was, that is, yeah. That's the Bob Stein that he really likes. Yeah, because the Goosebumps stuff, I was already getting in my 20s, and I go, well, that's kind of cool. Uh, little horror yeah. stories for kids, but I was a little bit lo- old for it, so, you know, I just was aware yeah. of it, you know, because it became a movie and stuff like that, TV series and whatever, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, he he just did a couple of articles, you know, some of the Scholastic magazines, and they caught fire, and he saw that uh, title in uh, TV Guide. Uh, said this movie will give you goosebumps. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's what I want to call it. (laughs) And uh, uh, yet his his heart is in humor. He loves loves humor, but you know. You don't say no to uh, right. <laughs> one of did, the all-time best-selling series. Did you ever work with him on any of those, or no? I did uh, just kind of a... Um, he has done some comedic Goosebumps-type things, yeah. and I did a 
365 uh, page, you know, one of those rip-off calendars that, oh, that okay. were ripped off, but you actually take each page as, as the day goes. Mm -hmm. And I did an illustration on each one of those. Cool. So I worked with them on those goosebumps, and I did some other goosebumps things. I can't. Yeah. Some monsters, something, uh, one of their, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, sort of offshoot type things. Yeah. Um, but they're quite a duo. I mean, his wife is it's an amazing packager. Yeah. And kind of, and I have to say that about mine, too, is that, believe it or not, if you ever met my wife, she's like Kathleen of the North <laughs> uh, from Timberland Hills. Um, she was the editor, really, because I would go up and come up with an Appleton or a Timberland and uh, then bring it down to her. And I'd sit across the room pretending I'm not looking at her yet. I was looking at <laughs> the Timberland, and I knew right what panel she was on. And I, and I go, what? That wasn't funny? That part wasn't funny? <laughs> I put her through hell in that. Uh, <laughs> Because then there are times she go, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and I go, no, it's not a good one. You didn't say, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, okay, it's not funny. I'll go, I'll go do another one. She goes, no, 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 it's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and like a three-year-old, I'd, I'd kind of pop my way through it <laughs> and try and try and fix it. But she went through just about every one of those, plus uh, correcting grammar mistakes and things like that. Did she go through, um, like, your scripts for home improvement and things like that later on or no? Yeah, she to this day she does. She's an English major. Oh, okay. Uh, she catches all <laughs> billion uh, you know uh, my thing is, that's why I use um, like a dictation form oh, okay. <laughs> uh, up until they just change the technology on it and I can't use it. Hmm. But I'm going to try and find something that I can but that's the way I like wrote, uh, I'm doing a um, script that I wrote a long time ago with another writer, and I'm going to revamp it. Mm -hmm. It's a romantic comedy kind of an adventure, hmm. um, and I I use the uh, dictation because you speak as though the actor, as the actor would do it. And you yeah. don't have to sit there worry about your grammar or anything else. Right. <laughs> you can go back and fix that. But for script writing, I find it really really helpful mm -hmm. um, and did, that, so that's what I'm doing did you write of, any other scripts like did you work with Tim Allen again on his later show Last Man Standing or anything or is it just home improvement no um, we, we, uh, he did his, his thing he had a whole new regime and a ah, okay. whole new change and <laughs> uh, I was going off on my right. different adventures I've got a couple of animation projects that uh, we're pitching also okay. uh, right now and uh, this pandemic just sat on everything um, yeah. you know I mean it's how do you for one thing how do you bring out a book during a pandemic well for me I'm just working on books and I'm doing I, this is actually my summer break I normally don't do episodes during the summer but uh, you know it's like uh, yeah. I, I recorded extra ones because people are at home you know it's like you know and so you know well I think uh, you know it's a great time to create I think you're 
your wise. Uh, in fact, uh, R.L. Stein wrote me an email the day my, my book came out, which was, what, three weeks ago, four mm -hmm. weeks? Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, only you would bring out a book during a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew about it a few months ago. I think I contacted you about six months ago, so you had no clue that this was going to happen, you know? I, no, you know. No. I mean, we were talking bookstores and signings. Yeah, and yeah. I was going down, you know, to different conventions and out to San Diego, and yeah. uh, it was a master plan. It was wonderful. Yeah. But uh, as it is now, it's Fantagraphics and Amazon. Yeah. And uh, although I will say it, it's doing well at Amazon, I'm not sure of the numbers yeah. yet, but yeah. uh, it has been well received. Those that bought it have have uh, given it a thumbs up, so well, luckily. I got, my, I got mine here, and I did get it on Amazon because, yeah, all the comic book stores are closed. I didn't know where it was going to be. Barnes & Noble is closed, so I just said, eh, yeah, I'll just order it online. <laughs> oh, know. yeah, yeah, and you can't. <laughs> Amazon is unreal. Yeah. It undercut everybody. Right. Uh, even the publisher. It just... <laughs> Usually at this point on the show, I ask, you know, where are you going to be? But you've already answered that in your house, you know, it's, you know, um, and I know San Diego is canceled and everything else. So, you know, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Or do you have a, like a website or anything that uh, people can? Uh, yeah, they can contact me um, uh, at BK Taylor, like Burger King Taylor <laughs> Studio. Mm. Comcast.net. That's the email. Yeah. Uh, I have a uh, website uh, that uh, uh, hopefully will be uh, redone and finished by then. Uh, and um, that is bktaylorstudio.com. Uh, Are there uh, any other books out besides I Think He's Crazy that uh, you're working on? Or is this the... Uh, actually, I have... I have so many plans, it's, it's getting them done. Yeah. I, I have a graphic novel in mind, kind of a uh, adventure um, with a group that is forced into having to go into strange lands um, after uh, uh, someone. And um, I'm, I really like the thought of this. It's kind of, uh, you know, medieval type. Mm -hmm. uh, atmosphere and uh, there's there's some good good characters in it I think um, it, could, it could be fun yeah. very very much you know like Timberland and the rest <laughs> but uh, with uh, with that atmosphere be kind of a nice nice change mm -hmm. so there's that there's uh, I've got several animation projects that were on the table to be pitched, mm. <laughs> uh, but you can't see anyone. Yeah. And um, there was some interest in the one, but the company that was interested is wobbly mm. right now, mm. um, even though it's a big company. Yeah, um, yeah it's a tough time to, yeah. to do that, but there's so much I want to do. Uh, it does allow me to, uh, well, the world seems to have kind of stopped. Good time to create. Right. You know? 
<laughs> so uh, onward we go. Very good. Well, I'm glad you keep keep doing it all these years. You know, it's like it's an amazing uh, career. I think <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> well, it's a bizarre. I can't hold a job. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I guess. Uh, anyway, no, I really thank you. <laughs> you can spend the rest of the night editing this down. Okay. To, uh, no, this is great. Okay. <laughs> Anybody listening to this <laughs> is going to go, my like, God, what's this end? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're already asleep. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, we're not worried about that. <laughs> so, uh, okay, well, thanks for promoting the book. I really yeah. appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening, and thank you, B.K. Taylor, for being my special guest. Episode number 81 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2020, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. Headed home to a cardboard hut with duct tape doors. I'm paying Be glad it isn't yours Now get up Don't fall back Don't fall back Don't fall